0: to C3 Church, Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Ah, Thank you, God. Lord, again, we, we welcome you here today. Lord, we welcome you into our lives afresh. We thank you, Lord, that where you are, where your Lordship is, their freedom is. And God, we thank you that you have made a way for us to step into a freedom that we can't earn, to step into a future that we can't create in our own strength. Lord, to have an assurance of eternity that cannot be ours and anything we could conjure. But Lord, through the victory of Jesus Christ, there is a doorway that is opened to a life that we choose to step into afresh today. And so we receive your freedom. Great Holy Spirit, we welcome you here as you would move amongst us, as you would do what only you can do. Reveal truth. Come and bring comfort and peace. Let life be awakened. Let power be in your church. Let freedom be in our lives. For your glory, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Who was waiting for the gong? Just... uh, It's good. God's good. So Pastor Ben and Karen Gould are at Quinns Beach this morning, ministering there. Mama Cherry is with our church in Bali, uh, in the Bukit, ministering there. And I'm here, in case you missed that bit. Uh, It's good, we're not in a hurry. This morning doesn't mean we're going to go super long. Just in case that (laughs) concerns you, I want you to picture up on stage here. I was I was going to draw this, but what I see in my mind doesn't come out my hand when I draw. It's annoying. I even practiced a few times. It still looked really average. So instead, now if you imagine it poorly, it's your fault, okay? So let's, let's go there. I want, I want you to imagine there is a, a giant gaping hole down the center of the stage. So in a sense, we have a landmass on this side and then this cavern, if you've ever... But who's been to the Grand Canyon? Who's... Uh, He's seen the, the magnitude. It is, it's just, it's mind-blowing. When you stand and, and see this section of the Grand Canyon, but then when you understand how much more there is that you haven't seen and the snippet that you see is, is less than 1% or something of, of anyway, we have this, this massive chasm here that, that's Im- impossible to get across. And many of you will understand this analogy as it, as it unfolds. And so there is this, there's this land here. There's this this giant cavern which you just you can't get chasm that you can't get across. And then there's there's land. I just went across it because I'm <laughs> able to when preaching. Uh, then there's a giant landmass out here. And so so what we have. So, just floating across. See, again, this is your imagination's got to be here, be here with me today. So, on this side, we have humanity. And many of you have maybe seen this, this drawing. And we have humanity in our wonderfulness and our brokenness, in our best efforts and our poorest efforts. We have people. Here, We have a perfectly holy and pure God over here. And this chasm in between that we cannot cross. The, the Bible is very clear if we want to put up our, our first scripture from, from Romans 6.23. The Bible says that the wages of sin are death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What we we have is is each and every human being, we are responsible before God for our actions on planet Earth. And so we make choices, and ultimately our choices will fall short of God's perfect, glorious standard. That He has a standard that's not good, it's perfect. And, And we cannot. No matter how hard we try, reach. So all of our best efforts, they, they fall short. All of our trying to get across this, this giant gaping hole between us and God, no matter how far we run, jump, no matter how much we give, how much we try, how much we whatever, we, we cannot make it across to where God is. We we fall short and there is a penalty for our falling short and it's internal separation from God, which is ultimately we will... One day when our eyes close, the choice we made on earth, whether we would be connected with God or not through Jesus Christ, we'll get there shortly, that choice affects eternity. And and we get this choice on planet earth. It's a gift that God would extend to us where he wouldn't force love upon us because forced love is not love. There is no such thing as forced love. It is a choice and we have this opportunity to enter into a connection with God, but it's, it's ultimately, and this is wonderful and horrible, the picture we see here is our best efforts just cannot get across and we are doomed. There's nothing we can do. Again, it's wonderful and horrible. God doesn't leave us here. He calls us to the Other side, if we can put up Matthew 5, 3. Blessed, the first of the Beatitudes, blessed or flourishing, are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And When I did our our series on the Sermon on the Mount last year, I kind of demonstrated this. A little bit here as well, and, and here's what I want us to get. We we have this glorious reality that, that Jesus, and if you've seen this diagram, then you can see the there's this this gaping hole, and then the cross is what bridges the gap from one side to the other. And so the only way that we can get from broken sinful humanity, however good or amazing we would think we are, or however wretched and horrible we would think we are. The only way that we could connect with God is through the cross. And so then you see the picture of the cross bridging the gap. And so Jesus made a way. And so there there is this, this imagery here that has been created. Just we'll keep that up on the screens please blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven what this is showing us here is is this is the kingdom of heaven this is the realm of God's reign and authority this is this inheritance that he would have for us and and this life to the full that he calls us to this is where it lives but we are we're over here and we can't get there except through Jesus and the way we get there is by being poor in spirit this is in us it's the humbling of ourselves. It's the bowing of the knee. It makes a choice about who is Lord. Because the struggle we have as humans is is we want to be Lord so we can do what we want to do. And there's this tension that rages inside of us where we would want to act how we want to act. I want to do the things that that I want to do and And ultimately, it would be laced with selfishness. And God wants to liberate us from that. And so as we are poor in spirit, as we would admit, I am broken. There is mess in me that separates me from God. At the moment, we admit that. That God, I am a sinner Who needs a Savior? There is an instantaneous response in the Spirit that as soon as we would bow our knee, we are transported through the work of the cross, through the work of Jesus Christ, where the penalty that our sin, the penalty that was supposed to be on us, for our sin, it was demolished on the cross. And so through the perfect life, death, resurrection of Jesus Christ, we now find ourselves, as soon as we are poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's like we, we come over that, that mighty void that was impossible to cross and we now enter into this life with Christ. And we are in the kingdom of heaven, the moment. It's not, it's not the moment we're poor in spirit and then we do these 27 good deeds. It's not once we tick all these other boxes. Religion would tell us you've got to add to your faith this, 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 this and this. But that's not the gospel of Christ. Because none of our deeds are good enough. They all fall short. We don't do what we do or act the way we do to earn God's love. We do it in response to God's love. He loved us while we were still sinners. And He calls us. So as as we're poor in spirit, as we would bow our knee to Him, we find ourselves now in the kingdom of heaven. And He calls us now in this place into a glorious adventure that we've started this journey with Him as our God. And now we continue it. Matthew 5, 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. As we allow God to purify our heart, we see Him for who He really is. And if our hearts, if we would hold Sin in our heart intentionally. If there would be things that we would elevate above him, what this does is it's this murky, it, it prohibits us from seeing God as he really is. But as we would come and say, God, again, I'm a, I'm a sinner. I need a saviour I've I've sinned, Would you forgive me? Then there is a purification from Christ that oh, it cleanses our heart and then we can see God for who he really is is and our eyes are open and so here we are in this reality of seeing God and beginning to walk with him on this journey John eight thirty six says if the sun sets you free you are free indeed and Jesus would want to set us free so we can walk in this reality with him here's that here's one of the challenges for us We're so desperate at times to have control. And a faith journey messes with our heads, messes with our need to control. So the tendency for some, for all of us at times, is to, we come from the kingdom of the world. We accept what Jesus Christ has done and we enter into the this kingdom life with Him, and we we receive our salvation, and we and we cross over. And if if this is now the new territory, that kind of starts from here, we kind of cross over into the territory, and we're like, "Woo! We have this this moment with God. We we got saved. We gave our life to Jesus." So. Something, whatever language we would put there. And so we get here and we're like, wow, this is, this is awesome. And we kind of set up a little tent and we, we, we park here in this place. And we're like, wow, this is good. Kind of feel free and, and this, is, this is nice. And, and what we have is we've begun, we've entered into the journey. We're not designed to camp here. It's a little like if you've never been to Australia and you're flying from somewhere else in the world and you flew into Perth Airport. You've got your, your visa, your passport sorted. You arrive at the airport and we get to the airport and we're like, yeah, I'm in Australia, mate. Uh, Australia, this is awesome. Uh, and you're just in the airport, and go, wow, Australia, I've heard about Australia. And you go talk to someone in, in the kiosk there and they say, g'day, oh, they speak Australian. And... <laughs> Wow, I'm in Australia. And so you're kind of in the airport and you're, you're hanging out. Imagine if you spent your whole holiday hanging out in the airport. Ah, oh, I made it. Yeah, I went to it. And then you go home and people are asking you, how was Australia? You're like, oh, is, is all right? I heard people speak Australian. I saw the money. It's funny, plastic thing. Uh, I, I bought some Vegemite in the airport. Uh, we... We we hung out. It was, it was and they're like, "Did you see, did you see the belt out?" No one ever asks you if you saw the belt out. <laughs> uh, um. Did you, did you go to Kings Park? Oh, nah. Uh, I heard it was really beautiful. We just kind of stayed in the airport. Did you did you head down to Frio and and check some? Stuff. Nah, we, we just kind of yeah, hung. And then we actually got out of the airport just a little bit to one of those, those motels that are really close. Oh, you stayed in one of those. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It was. And, and so their experience. And so they're, then they're, they're telling people about what Australia is like. And all they've really seen is the airport and just around it. And we can be like that in our faith, where we'd, we'd paint a picture, we'd, we'd arrive. And, and so we've started this faith journey with God. And then people would. We could be telling people about it, and and, and we're, we're basing our opinion of Christianity, of kingdom life, and there's this, this territory that extends and doesn't end. It just, it keeps going, and, and this is the little bit we've seen, that prayer has to look exactly like this. It needs to be slow and reflective, and that's how prayer, and, and so we, we kind of park a fence around what that should be, or no, no, prayer shouldn't be. Slow and re- reflective, it needs to be all warfareish, and uh, we, we create that our, our space, but there is so much more. Prayer has got about a thousand different facets to it it 's probably actually endless, and as we go on this journey, he would want a journey with us so that that this prayer, this communication with God would know no end so when we 're in our 70s 80s however many years we have on earth that we would understand prayer in ways we never even fathomed we could when we first stepped in. Because we've been on this journey with Him in the kingdom. Ephesians 1, 18 to 19. This is great prayer by the Apostle Paul. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart The eyes of your heart, the heart, the centre of your being, centre of your passions and inclinations, the centre of who you are, this space in this series that we've been encouraged in in Proverbs to guard your heart for everything you do flows through it. And so here, Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus, for these Christians, but this prayer is for Christians. Okay, it's for people who know Christ, who have, who have stepped across. And, and Paul's praying for them saying, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. That there is this continual unveiling where your eyes would see like they've never seen and then they would keep seeing like they've never seen. That it doesn't stop when we go, oh, I've got this Christian thing figured out. I've reached the end of what the Bible could teach me. Uh, uh, and we, man... If we park somewhere where we're so limiting. And here's the here's the heart of Apostle Paul. We're gonna pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened in order which you could know the, the hope to which he has called you. The hope to which he's called you. Glorious inheritance for his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. And so I want us to. Be really clear, each and every one of us here today, wherever you're at, maybe you're sitting here and you're aware that you've come into church today and you haven't walked across to build a connection with Christ. That if you're really honest with yourself, you you don't know if he's really your God. If he's in that central spot in your heart, best news is you can make that decision today. And obviously I would encourage you to do so. We can make this decision, or maybe you have, maybe you gave your heart to the Lord in the last few weeks, and you've kind of entered into this this new territory, a new country that you've landed in and, and you trying to figure it out. Maybe you've been doing this for decades. Maybe you've been exploring the expanse of God's magnitude, of His glory, of what He's called you to and what He's calling through you. Or maybe you've parked in a place where you feel like you can control it for now. Or this season of life, I just need to—I just kind of need to put these little walls up and, and, and park here, God. Can I be clear to each and every one of us that He's calling us to a glorious freedom in Him, which is a journey we walk and it does not end. It's not a God cracking the whip, driving us. This is a glorious, oh my goodness. God, how could I not have seen that about you before? How, if Those moments are what he calls us to. Sometimes our emotions are connected to those moments. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes it's us falling on our face, weeping. Sometimes it's just reading a scripture that just clicks something into place. Sometimes it's a decision where he calls us to let something go. Sometimes we've crossed into this glorious kingdom and then we find ourselves turning around, looking back at the world. And there's something over there that kind of has us captivated or we kind of want to cling to. And he'd say, come on, turn around. And God's heart being communicated through the Apostle Paul here, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened That we could see in ways that we have no right to see. That there would be a knowing on the inside that shapes everything. Pray the eyes of your heart would be enlightened in order that you could know the hope to which he has called you. That as we walk through this incredible kingdom adventure, that there is a hope that is alive on the inside. That even though I walk sometimes through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm going to fear no evil because you are with me. That there is a hope that sustains. That God, even if this falls apart here in the natural, my hope is ultimately in a life that is beyond this life, where there is a deep resonance of hope. He wants you filled with hope. There is so much hopelessness in this world. And we are called, you and I, to be these beacons of hope for Him, for the one true King on planet earth. And so He wants us on this journey of hope where it would build and be alive with inside of us, the hope to which He's called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance. You know, kids get an inheritance from their folks. Depending on the priorities of your parents and financial savviness, sometimes that's a large sum of money, sometimes it's a debt. Sometimes there's an incredible spiritual inheritance that's been poured in that doesn't look like cash in the bank but it's something far more valuable than that. Sometimes it's a, a really touchy subject with a difficult connection with, with parents and anything in between. The mental, this, this is all mental. It's crazy that You know, there is an inheritance for us that we haven't earned, but we've been adopted as sons and daughters into the family, the King of the Lord Most High, and there is an inheritance for us. There is a life that has been created for us to step into and take a hold of by faith. We move through this kingdom in this country. We live and move by faith. The ways that we lived here don't operate over here. See, we walk now by faith. And as we learn and He leads us to live this life of faith, then we step into an inheritance that is far greater than what we could comprehend, that we haven't earned, but He has provisioned for us. And then it goes on and says in His incomparably great power. Incomparably. So beyond compare. So if, you, if we just stop to think for a bit, how much of God's power you currently feel is alive in your world or like you understand? Do we, if we hear that it's incomparably great power, how much of that do you currently ascertain? How much of that is a reality for you in your world? I can tell you for me, there is far more in him that I have not yet got my hands on. It's been provisioned, but we then outwork the victory that's been provisioned for us. We step into the victory that he created for us and, and there is more of his power that I want. It sounds good, doesn't it? Because I tell you, there is a, the needs in this world are greater than my ability to meet them. Each and every one of us. Lord, we are hungry for you. Your power alive in our lives. This power here is the word dunamis, which we see in Acts one eight. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, so that you can live your call. You can be His witnesses. That we can move beyond the things that would occupy us that are just about us and our tight little circle. But there is a liberation from that to see the world around us, to live the bigger call that he has called us to, not in our own strength or ability, but in his power that then creates these longings with inside of us that are the longings of his heart, that create these passions and these abilities within inside of us that come from him. So what I want us to do, church, is I want you to see the expanse that lies before us. I want you to picture it busting through these walls and exploding out. And He says, come on. Come for a walk. Come explore. Come and create a new normal. Because it's so easy in the blur and the busyness of life to find our little Christian space and park there. This is what his power looks like for me. And then our understanding of his power is the same as what it was 10 years ago. This is the hope quotient that's alive inside of me and it's the same as it was 20 years ago or maybe it's less. And we've parked. and Maybe we've turned from what he's calling us to and we've turned back and we're checking out the world again or our head is just downcast because we've been disappointed it didn't work like we thought i read an article uh, a couple of days ago warren buffett most of us would know incredible business guy he's worth something like 80 billion dollars quite similar to our financial standing. Um, Just remove most of the zeros. (laughs) He's, uh, I think he's 88 right now. And in the four years from 83 to 87, Warren Buffett made more money than he did in the first 60 years of his life. So from 83 to 87, he made more money than what he did from zero to 60. I want to tell you, no matter how old you are, It's not finished. It's not the end. He is a glorious inheritance for you, for us. There is a hope to which he is calling us to see that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened so that we could see, that we could touch, we could taste, that this would be real, that together we are walking and moving through this kingdom power, this kingdom expression that we would take with us into every place we would go on planet earth. And so whatever he's calling you to right now, come on, Let's walk by faith. Let's keep in step with the Spirit. Do you want to just stand with me? Awesome. Just want you to just lift your eyes to see him. Lift your eyes. Look up. Even as Pastor M spoke last week, God called Abram out of his tent and said, Look up. Check out the stars. So shall your offspring be. you got a glorious future, Abram. Look up. I want you, church, let's look up again. Let's look out again. Step in this kingdom reality that he's called us to. Kingdom power, the rule of his reign and influence. That we will explore. We're not parking in the airport when people talk about the power of God. Lord, we don't want to tell other people's stories. It's like people saying, how was Kings Park? Oh, I heard it was nice. God, we want to go to Kings Park. That we could tell people about the glory of Kings Park and likening that to something that is in you. Lift your eyes. Lift your heart. Here we are, God. Come on. Just where you stand, just lift your heart to Him. Here I am, God. Looking up. I'm looking to you. God, I pray for each and every one of us, Lord, that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened, that light would flood in, that we would see with fresh capacity. God, that we would see maybe even like we've never seen before. God, we want to see you in your glory. King of glory, come. Lord, we want to see this hope to which you've called us. God, an awakening of the call afresh in lives. God, the call and how it looks and how it's shaped for this season, for now. Lord, we pray that there would be an awakening, an understanding of this glorious inheritance for us, your holy people. Lord, what that looks like for us as individuals, but us as a collective. Lord, and can you just lift your hands, just open your hands to heaven right now. Lord, I thank you for your incomparably great power for us who believe thank you Lord you said you would fill us with power you'd clothe us with power Lord that there would be a power that we would receive that would call us to move in ways that are truly divine and so Lord we open our hearts afresh come Lord empower your people Lord, we want to know your incomparably great power for us who believe. God, I thank you this week that there are opportunities to pray for work colleagues that have stepped into. Hey, you're not feeling well? Hey, that, wow, I'm sorry to hear that things gone down. Can I pray for you? And Lord, I thank you for your power moving in that moment. God, I thank you for business people opening hearts and minds. Even right now where you stand, saying, Lord, I receive fresh guidance and wisdom from above. Lord, we thank you for key business decisions that are made. Lord, with the earthly wisdom that has been generated, but with something far greater. Lord, with the wisdom that flows from above. Lord, with the discernment that is filled with your power. God, I thank you for every parent. Lord, that we would lead our families with your enabling God with an awareness of the call that you've given us the call on our families the call on our children Lord the glorious inheritance that has been created for them God fill us we pray move in our hearts we pray the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty as we let Him rule and reign. He brings freedom, because He is freedom. You can open your eyes, you can keep them closed, whatever works for you, but I want you to get a sense. been waiting for this all day. We don't have a freedom bell, we have a freedom gong. You know how much he loves you. It starts there. You're so loved so loved even when you're over here being a jerk even when I was here turning my back on him I was still so loved you're so loved and he calls us, come on Jesus made a way to let go of this stuff and the reality is this fades away stuff of this, the things that occupy our heart, where we'd be drawn to things here. The more I've done this journey with God, the more that stuff, what felt like crazy sacrifice at times, oh, I really like that. I really, it fades away. It, it's no comparison to His magnificence. So I want us to see, He wants us to see. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You know, the, li- the limiter to liberty is lordship. Where He's allowed to be Lord, liberty flows. It can't help but flow, because who God is? He wants us liberated from the junk that would hold us, keep us trapped. And, and so I want us to, to hear this morning. Something of a of a residence. It's a call that I hear, God, sending out, and this call never stops. But I hear it so loud for us. That opening of our hearts, that surrendering of our will, that bending of our knee to say, God, I want you, Lord, of everything. I'm going to go on this journey with you. I need your help, but I'm going calling out to each and every one of us come on my sons see the hope to which I've called you come on see it afresh see the hope that is a little flicker in your heart that I want to fan that thing into flame where there is a driver and maybe you're still in the same job but now there's just a passion and it makes sense in a whole new way because you've stirred something inside of me. Maybe it's a whole change. Maybe whatever. Come on, my amazing women. Freedom is yours. Freedom is yours. I built this up so much, I don't know if it's gonna sound very good out there, but I'm thinking backhand, forehand, uh topspin slice, I'm not sure. Taylor Hawks has her ears covered just in case it's really loud. And it, can I, it's okay to have fun. The, I don't really have notes this morning. I've just got 16 scriptures written here. I think i got to about four or five. You know, the fruit of the Spirit, it's the outworking of where God is. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, love. So we're, if we let God rule in our hearts, Let the Holy Spirit come and take residence and and live. You will love like you never knew you could love. That there is a love that is awakened in us, a love for things that currently annoy you. If you're falling out of love with church, we got to get a little more in love with Christ because He gave Himself for His church. The corporate gathering of God's people, none of us are called to do this alone. We need these clumps and all their mess, and all their glory, all around the world, in all shapes and sizes, ones where you can hit gongs, ones where they go that's very bad, don't hit gongs. He loves us all. And sometimes we park, we get into this kingdom world, and we park a little fence around what church should or, or shouldn't be. And, and we've got to push aside all those fences. Uh, if Jesus is in the center, come on, let's cheer each other on. He wants you free. He wants me free. He's calling. Come on. Did you think I was going to do it then? I don't know. I don't, I'm nervous. So, I took an axe to that door a few years ago, a few apart. That was that was that was fun. I'm more nervous now. It's a, <laughs> uh, I'm not expecting there's going to be like the curtain torn in two or. Something like that is. Here we go. He wants us free. He wants. Come on, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. It's pretty good. He. He's like Oh, sorry. Sorry, I know. Freedom is scary. Thank you. That really helps, actually. Because if you haven't known freedom, it's freaky. It's foreign. And we like to stick with what's familiar. But he calls us to walk by faith. The Your clap after the first one was more impressive. Walk by faith. Come on. We got this. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.